Last year, I received an invitation to an event that promised to be, quote, an occasion for exclusive deal-making. It said, quote, the opportunities for mutually beneficial economic development between China and our individual states are tremendous, end of quote. Uh, deal-making sounds like it might have come from President Trump, but the invitation was actually from a former governor. I was being invited to the U.S.-China Governors Collaboration Summit. It was an event co-hosted by the National Governors Association and something called the Chinese People's Association for Friendship and Foreign Countries. Sounds pretty harmless. What the invitation did not say is that the group, the group I just mentioned, is the public face of the Chinese Communist Party's official foreign influence agency, the United Front Work Department. Now, I was lucky. Uh, I was familiar with that organization from my time as the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. But it got me thinking, how many of you made the link between that group and Chinese Communist Party officials? What if you made a new friend while you were at that event? What if your new friend asked you for introductions to other politically connected and powerful people? What if your new friend offered to invest big money in your state, perhaps in your pension, in industries sensitive to our national security. These aren't hypotheticals. These scenarios are all too true, and they impact American foreign policy significantly. Indeed, last year, a Chinese government-backed think tank in Beijing produced a report that assessed all 50 of America's governors on their attitudes towards China. They labeled each of you friendly, hardline, or ambiguous. I'll let you decide where you think you belong. Someone in China already has. Yeah, we've got a real problem. We've got a real problem with China. That was Mike Pompeo, a former Secretary of State. And I found this list of governors. I've read over it before. I've included it in content I've created in the past. And... The, the thing about this list is that the governors that it talk the, the governors that it claims are friendly let's see what's a better way to say this the claims made in the paper don't marry up to the facts that we see developing in front of us there's nothing damning in that list about Gavin Newsom. It lists Jay Inslee of Washington as ambiguous. So I, I'm suspicious that this list may be not necessarily mistranslated, but misinterpreted and possibly outright false propaganda, misinformation, misdirection, meant, meant to be misdirection because this list came out in 2020 when our foreign relations with China were, you know, at an all-time low. And now the rumors of invasion are coming out. And some sources are claiming that Gavin Newsom is complicit and that's where the Chinese are going to make their Landfall. That's that's gonna be their Normandy Beach. 
as they invade the great United States. And I, I don't know. The more, the more I talk about it, the more far-fetched and kooky it sounds. But nobody, I mean, does anybody think that they're going to be invaded before they're actually invaded? Maybe. I don't, does, does it make sense that a military operation of that size can be, you know, disguised, hidden? But I have this article from the Epic Times. Pawns for Beijing. CCP pressures U.S. officials to tilt policies in China's favor. It was late February 2020 as the pandemic was heating up in the United States when a request from China caught Wisconsin State Senator Roger Roth's attention. It was an email from Wu Ting, wife of the Chinese Consul General in Chicago. Wu wanted Roth to help pass a resolution quote, in support of China's fight against the novel coronavirus. The Chinese government has taken unprecedentedly rigorous measures to bring the coronavirus under control, including locking down Wuhan, she wrote in a February 26th email that has been viewed by the Epic Times. Now, this correlates to the writings of, of Michael P. Sanger, um, an expert, on the China problem. I'm just pulling one of his articles up now. Uh, he documented all of the, the Chinese uh, Communist Party influence campaigns that happened on social media. <clears throat> and he has documented all of the bot farms and, oh, he's been suspended on Twitter. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Good old censorship. I think that's part of uh, Chinese influence as well. See, everyone's for sale, it seems. This is why the Chinese Communist Party has a list of governors. They want to know who's for sale. And there's more articles, a, a good resource for articles about the douchebaggery of China is the Epic Times. I'm a subscriber. You should support media outlets that report honestly because this is part of the problem. The, the barrier to entry is such a high cost that the ones with money can amplify themselves, can control the narrative, and even good, honest journalism is buried and discredited because they don't have the money to elevate themselves to the level of the liars at CNN and MSNBC. So a lot of these lesser known outlets have subscription fees because this is how, I mean, they, they have to pay their journalists. They have to pay people overseas. And not only that, if they're running a website, I mean, look, Mike, Michael Sanger is banned on Twitter, probably for all of his anti-CCP 
content that he has created. And here is his article from uh, September 15th, 2020. In the words of Simon Lays, paraphr- uh, paraphrasing the great sinologist Laszlo Ladanyi, even the most mendacious propaganda must necessarily entertain some relation to truth. In Wuhan in late December, Dr. Li Wenliang warned his friends that a new SARS-like illness had begun spreading rapidly. Li's message inadvertently went viral on Chinese social media, causing widespread panic and anger at the Chinese Communist Party. On January 7th, Xi Jinping informed his inner circle that the situation in Wuhan would require their personal supervision. Two weeks later, she personally authorized the lockdown of Hubei province based on his philosophy of Fang Kong, the same hybrid of health and security policy that inspired the re-education and quarantine of over one million Uyghur Muslims infected with extremism in Xinjiang. The World Health Organization's representative in China noted that trying to contain a city of 11 million people is new to science. The lockdown of 11 million people is unprecedented in public health history, so it is certainly not a recommendation the WHO has made. The CCP confined 57 million Hubei residents to their homes. At the time, human rights observers expressed concerns. As one expert told the New York Times, the shutdown would almost certainly lead to human rights violations and would be patently unconstitutional in the United States. Regardless, on January 29th, World Health Organization Director Tedros Adhanom said he was very impressed and encouraged by the President uh, Xi Jinping's detailed knowledge of the outbreak, and the next day praised China for setting a new standard for outbreak response. Yet only six days into the lockdown, unprecedented in public health history, it had produced no results. So Tedros was praising human rights abuses with nothing to show for them. International COVID-19 hysteria began around January 23rd when leaked videos from Wuhan began flooding international social media sites, including Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, all of which are blocked in China, allegedly showing the horrors of Wuhan's epidemic and the seriousness of its lockdown. Viral videos claimed to show residents spontaneously collapsing in the streets in scenes likened to the movie Zombieland and the show The Walking Dead. One video purportedly showed a SWAT team catching a man with a butterfly net for removing his mask. (laughs) I remember these videos. Official Chinese accounts widely shared an image of a hospital wing supposedly constructed in one day, but which actually showed an apartment 600 miles away. Images of Li Wenliang on a ventilator sometime uh, on images of Li Wenliang on a ventilator sometimes holding his identification card, were released and widely displayed by top news outlets around the world. In a viral tweet on January 25th, an epidemiologist with little background in infectious disease wrote, Holy mother of God, the new coronavirus is a 3.8. How bad is that reproductive R-O-O, R-naught, R-naught is how you say that. How bad is that reproductive R-naught value? It is thermonuclear pandemic level bad. This was the first of a month-long series of dubious, widely shared tweets by the previously unknown Eric Feilding, prompting a prominent Harvard colleague to denounce him as a charlatan. And then, success. Beginning in February, the CCP reported an exponential decline in coronavirus, coronavirus cases, 
until March 19th when they announced their lockdown had eliminated domestic cases entirely. In its February 24th report, the World Health Organization waxed rhapsodic about China's triumph, China's uncompromising and rigorous use of non-pharmaceutical measures to contain transmission of the COVID-19 virus in multiple settings, provides vital lessons for the global response. Scientists quickly began drafting plans in many languages to imitate China's lockdowns. The New York Times immediately cited the WHO's report forming a pro-lockdown stance it has clung to for months with surprisingly little introspection. China took one of the most ancient strategies and rolled out one of the most ambitious, agile, and aggressive disease containment efforts in history. On February 26th, Who's Bruce Aylward of Canada, who later disconnected a live interview when asked to acknowledge Taiwan, put it bluntly, copy China's response to COVID-19. In April, Canada's parliament summoned Aylward for questioning, but the WHO has forbidden him from testifying. It's a great article. I highly recommend it. Go to Tablet Mag, search Michael P. Sanger. You'll find it there. There's also pictures of account after account after account, different accounts, different usernames, all posting and reposting the same message, pro-lockdown, essentially anti-American techniques, pro-Chinese techniques, trucks rolling down the street, spraying uh, alleged sanitizer all over everything. It was a giant propaganda campaign. That, that China pushed all over the world, even going as far as contacting our elected leaders to, to pressure them into taking on these lockdown measures. And it goes far beyond COVID. We know that companies like NBC Universal, the owner of MSNBC, among numerous other companies, are being pressured by China to tow the Communist Party line or else. And they're doing it to our politicians also. China is effectively controlling our information and controlling our politicians and controlling our corporations. And we have to push back. Thank you very much for listening. Please share this show. Send me an email, therealearthbox at protonmail.com. I'll be back. Goodbye.